And we are live now, folks. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 176, your one-stop spot on Sundays for Xbox Talk and more from around the game industry. I'm your smooth-talking host, Invader, and for today's show, we've got a lot to go over. Recently, ID at Xbox had a games showcase. We'll discuss our likes and our dislikes, all that. As well, uh, there were a bunch of reports swirling about Microsoft buying Discord. We'll give our thoughts on that one and quite a few more things on top of that. However, let me introduce tonight's panel. And joining us tonight is a really cool fella from the Xbox Ultimate Podcast, the host, actually, Mr. Fun Speculation himself, Mav. How you doing, man? Uh, pretty good, man. Uh, this is exciting uh, to be here first time uh, to be on TXR. Uh, so I've actually this is one of the few shows I was familiar with before I started the whole podcasting thing because you guys have been around for a while. Um, and it's uh, it's awesome to be able to talk to Centurion again, who's here right now. Uh, and uh, I've been on a couple shows with him before. I think it's the first time. Maybe we've been in the same uh, podcast invaders. So um i we have a lot to discuss with xbox uh and this past week so a lot of good things maybe not so good but uh it's gonna be fun either way man it's gonna be a fun show Mm -hmm. agreed agreed um we're actually supposed to have crispy bomb on as well but unfortunately unfortunately due to uh, work schedule he was not able to uh, stop by but we'll have him on sometime soon everybody loves the crispy bomb for sure now let's get oh, yeah. on to the TXR crew, fellas, and who do we got here? Centurion, my friend. Hey, what's new and exciting? Oh, man. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Thank you to the one and only Mav. It is awesome to be chatting with you again. Uh, great person to have conversations with and talk games and just overall great person in the community. One of a kind show, in my opinion. I love the fact that they run a he runs a podcast, him and his wife. I mean, name how many podcasts off top of your head where it's literally husband and wife on the podcast. If I'm correct, that's, she's your wife, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. Just yeah. making sure I'm Long here time. at the times. <laughs> but I mean, dude, I think that's absolutely honest. Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things that it's like you, it, I want to just preach more positivity in the community. So it's really awesome to see a show like yours. Um, and here you're joining us for the first time here on TXR. It's what we do. We try to radiate positivity and a good time. Uh, dude, speaking of a good time, what more could we ask for? Xbox is on fire. Um, I wore a fallout shirt today and went to the local Starbucks and I had somebody literally stop and talk to me and start asking about the Bethesda deal. I am not making this up. People <laughs> are talking about it. This person told me they are actually buying an Xbox because of this whole situation. Mm -hmm. And dude, the golden age has begun. <laughs> yes, it has. <laughs> Hmm, certainly. Oh yeah, there is there's definitely a lot of things and a lot of excitement uh with all this. There's a lot of hype with Xbox right now. Uh, I can see in the chat already we got a lot of cool guys filing in here. Uh who is Psychonauts, Reign of the Third Eye, Toolman, Pong Soul. Hey buddy, great to see you. Oh, we got Caitlin here. She's in the chat. Hey Caitlin. 
Uh, and what else? Who, who else? Uh, lots of cool people for sure back from the dead and so on. We still got all kinds of guys filing in here. Mr. Kima and so on. Uh, Shockley should be here soon. He's just running a few minutes late. Uh, definitely getting in some birthday celebrations. Yeah, that's right. He's uh, celebrating, I think, the big 3-4 uh, today, if I'm not mistaken. And also, fellas, before we begin, just a little shameless plug, uh, that we are available on a wide variety of audio platforms, uh, such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many others. Certainly give us a search for your TXR on the go, because, hey, you know what? Options are a good thing, right, guys? All right, well, you know what? I'm going to move us straight into the first topic uh, while we wait, wait on uh, Shockley. Uh, and let's see, a few days ago... ID at Xbox had their Indie Game Showcase. They showed off a lot of games over a very lengthy period, to say the least. We saw a bunch of new titles, and some we had seen before, and a good portion of them are going to be heading straight into Xbox Game Pass. Day one, no less. That's pretty exciting. Now, I would love to get everyone's thoughts on the showcase. However, I'll start with uh, our newcomer here, Mav. Mav, overall, uh, did you check out the uh, the little indie stream that they had going on there? And if so, what did you think about it? Yeah, so I was lucky enough to be one of the guys that uh, Boom had asked to do the live reactions of it. So I uh, got to do that on, on Boom uh, show over on uh, Double Barrel Gaming. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, he's been super positive in promoting our podcast a lot. So everybody check out Double Barrel Gaming. Amazing, amazing people over there especially a uh, boom but uh yeah i got to watch the hour first hour and a half then i had to hit the road because my i had to actually take my mom to the doctor but um i listened in the car um and also i uh, caught up with a lot of the other videos and stuff after so um the show itself right <laughs> um the best thing i can say is i don't really know who the format of the show was for, right? Like, I don't know who the audience is. It was like a cross, right? Because we're used to getting all these reveals and premieres and trailers in a certain format on a, on a show. And then Twitch uh, community is used to watching these long format drawn out shows, kind of like what we saw, but they're not really used to it being implemented with new game announcements and stuff, Right. So to me, this kind of crossed a bridge where this show really wasn't for anybody, uh, except for the parts in between the 30-minute boring sessions uh, where we actually got to see the uh, cool stuff. Now, the cool stuff that was shown every 30 minutes or so was really freaking cool stuff. So uh, you can't take anything away from that, right? We got a lot of gameplay, a lot of indie games, a lot of games that are coming to Game Pass day one. Um, you got new game announcements. Uh, you got uh, follow-ups on some big games. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff here. Um, you have The Ascent. Um, looked freaking insane. And they started off with a bang with the, with those first few games. Exomecha. Uh, mm -hmm. Just a lot of amazing stuff, like right off the bat. And then they went to this boring 30-minute talk with the devs, which mm. I'll do all respect to indie devs, right? This is not taking away from them. They deserve some spotlight. I think it should have just been done in a different way. Maybe have all of them at the end, right? Like, or an option. Hey, go to this site and check out this link if you want to see the interview about this game, right? Move then move on to the next because 
you lose a lot of people in that 30 minutes or however long it was. It seemed like forever. I don't know how long it was, but it seemed like forever. And they even had three-minute pee breaks, right? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> like, that event in general was a marathon. It was. Like, how many people are going to sit there and actually sit through the whole thing and see the games that you want them to see? Like, the the it just didn't make sense for the what they were trying to promote, right? If, they, if this was just, hey, we're going to have an indie game discussion and we're only going to do the interview format, that's fine. But when you're dropping, like, new game announcements and trailers mixed in there, that's for a different crowd, right? Like, you don't you don't cross those two bridges, right? You just, one's one thing, one's another. And it just didn't make sense with that. That being said, like, man, like, if you actually ignore that, you take it and you just take the aftermath now, what was actually said and what was actually shown and what was premiered and, and just look at that as a as a whole. Holy crap. You know, like it was actually amazing stuff. It, they just, it just got lost. Amazing stuff. So many like cool games that were shown here. Mm-hmm. Um, new stuff that we've never seen before. And then like the Exo, like I said, the Exomech and the Ascent stuff was just like, for me, it was like mind blowing. It's like, it looks so freaking good, you know? And so um i wasn't a fan of the show i'm a fan of the games that were shown uh that w- that part was amazing right yeah you see i i was working at the time so i wasn't able to catch anything live but as i was like just checking in on like again social media and seeing some of the reactions i was like you know oh this is bad oh what the heck are they doing and so on and so forth i mean people were liking some of the games but it was like the format that they had it whether it be with the the Twitch streamers or how drawn out it was. Again, it was like three, four hours, correct? Yeah, it's four hours long. Ooh, ooh, that's, you know, brother, what are they doing? See, that's why I kind of like the uh, Nintendo Direct and PlayStation uh, State of Play kind of style, because at least, you know, they have a little bit of talk in there, but at the same time, it's crammed full of games, and it's very concise. Yeah. What they've done also in a lot of those shows is they've had that, okay... We're going to have this like 45 minute thing, 30, 45 minutes. Right. And then they sit down with the person where they have an after show and do dev interviews and talk more in depth about certain games and stuff. But you got to get the meat. You got to Like if you got a plate. Right. And it's served in front of you and it's got this big ass juicy steak on it. Right. And then you got like broccoli and and cauliflower and, and corn. Right. And you got the steak. You want to, I, me personally, I'm eating that steak first. <laughs> you know, like I, I want to eat the steak first. And then, you know, hey, this other cool stuff over here, you know, just like, should, let's go, let's get to that after the fact, right? If I'm still hungry. And if I'm not, I'm just moving on and I'm, I'm okay because I at least got to eat my steak, right? Like, don't like cut up my steak for me and spread it out over a four hour period where I'm having a, a lot. <laughs> Like, I just, it just, I don't like, I don't like that. Like, it just, it didn't make sense because I just lost, you lose interest. You fall asleep in the, in those period of times, right? Yeah. And you know, steak too, right? Considering you're a, you're a Texas man, if I'm, oh yeah. Yeah. So oh, he, yeah. he knows a steak, folks. Um, hey, Shockley, buddy, you there? I, I think I saw you sneak in through the back door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did get to, uh, catch the, Oh, most of it. I kind of skipped through. I was watching uh, 
Now I can't remember the channel blanking on it. Um, <laughs> I was watching some of it. I kind of skipped through the parts with the devs. Luckily I was, um, a little bit behind. So I was kind of skipping through the parts with the streamers and, but yeah, the XO Mecha looked pretty good. The, it looked like it had a weird animation. Like mm-hmm. when you try to do like a stealth kill. Right. Um, it just looked like that was like the weakest like stealth stealth kill I've ever seen. If you if you remember that <laughs> part of the trailer, just like, hey, I stabbed you in the chest. Okay, cool. It just looked like uneventful. <laughs> um, but other than that, the rest of the Exomecha looked pretty cool. But yeah, the Ascent was probably the best one. I was hoping to see some Stalker too, but seems like we might get some of that maybe towards E3. Might mm-hmm. hopefully be ready around that time. Um, let's see. I'm just trying to think of like one other. Did we see 12 minutes? Yes. The, uh, it was at the end, I think. I think I missed that one. That was that was the one I was looking. One of the ones I was looking for from the previous shows. I think I must have skipped through that one. But yeah, I think the scent and I'm thinking of like one other one that I know is coming to Game Pass pretty soon. But I, now, but I saw some of some of the ones look pretty cool. With the, there's that Canadian fishing one that looked kind of like a cool quirky. Oh, that might be up Invader's Alley here, so maybe that'll be one of his favorites. But but yeah, I would say the scent. And I know they there's some that they've already lined up, like a uh, second extinction. But I think that one's already lined up, and I think that's more of a that I, that might be up in that indie. But I don't think I saw that in that trailer. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yeah. the uh, The fishing game is Moonglow Bay, and apparently that's exclusive too. From what I understand, they had the uh, little ex- Xbox exclusive tagline on there. It's yeah. definitely okay. it, it's it's a cute little game. Uh, I see some people uh, excited for that. Yeah, there's over like 15 games in there that they that they talked about that were day one in Game Pass. Uh, some that I just written down off the top of my head. Uh, there's that little racing game, Art of the Rally, Hello Neighbor 2, Narita Boy, The Ascent, as you said, Stalker 2. Actually, speaking of Stalker 2, I mean, I was disappointed that we didn't see any gameplay, but man, some of those in-game, like, uh, those models that they showed off, did you see that one with the teeth and they, like, zoomed in on the yeah. ear and you could see the little uh, bits of hair and whatnot, the little fuzz? I'm like, holy crap, this is going to be... A very deceivingly beautiful game. I, I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, there's some AAA games there. You know, uh, I I consider that a AAA game. You know, I, I mean, they're putting that much into the assets of, of a game like that. Um, so it was pretty cool to see that. Um, Art of Rally, actually, indie gamer is a huge fan of. Um, I saw him playing that on his channel, um, and it made me really interested. I was like, oh wow, this looks great. You know, and hey. Um, it was only on PC, but now it's coming to Steam or coming to Game Pass. So um, that that was pretty incredible to see. Also, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, I mean, I mean, there's a lot to talk about. I'm curious about Centurion's uh, reactions to this. His thoughts. Uh, tell me, buddy. Uh, did you get to see any of this, or did you just kind of catch up like <laughs> me? Okay. So uh, my story, Invader, is. I worked Thursday, completely spaced it. Friday, found out about it too late at night. And I was like, oh, it's a, it's an Xbox event. I'll just watch it when I get home after Saturday, just before the show. And that's what I discovered it was like three and a half hours, which was kind of like brain warping me because I was like, 
uh, they have E3 and I didn't know it three and a half hours. And I started watching it. And that's when I realized that it was like almost in like podcast format. And I was just like, oh, wow, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. So I had to watch a lot of highlight reels and and, uh, you know, different takes from folks in the community that I enjoy to listen to and was able to kind of get caught up. And I watched I watched them a, a good amount of it today. But like I was telling Mav when I chimed in, I was just saying that thing's a marathon for sure. If you're if you're not really wanting to know about a certain game or just know about the indie game scene in general. Um, I can only imagine how a lot of people felt about this, um, particular stream. Um, I keep saying, um, cause I don't know how to describe it. I'll be truthful. I, I was like uh, shockly. I found myself fast forwarding a lot, uh, <laughs> looking for trailers. Um, but now outside of the format of the show, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed hearing about what goes on at ID and X ID at Xbox. um, and the games that were shown off, uh, the first sizzle reel, uh, the best one of all, in my opinion, uh, that's where that X Omeka, we also saw the ascent. That was, I was going to say that I remember the, the ascent because that was like the second or third game that was those shown were in the I, front. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So and you got, now, okay. Those are the ones I want to see. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I also wanted to, I guess, kind of hear a little bit more about 12 minutes because don't ask me why I want to know more about the the room that apparently simulates somebody getting murdered over and over again as if it's some kind of puzzle game um but also that they've from the first time i saw 12 minutes that game looked very very basic but now when you see that game the it looks like a total night and day difference compared to the first time i saw it and i guess they've put a lot more emphasis into the uh the voice acting of the game so i'm gonna be interested in at least seeing what this whole scenario is like with 12 minutes don't ask me why every time i see it i'm interested in it uh the ascent is an obvious big one we have exo mecca uh a lot uh, one that don't ask me why that kind of leaped out at me uh and my wife was omno did anybody else remember omno yeah a- 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 i think a lot of people yeah. that kind of jumped out too um and i'm just trying um where's the other one um holy cow the final fantasy guys i have it written down here on my phone i mean it was actually a decent yeah, enough what's that like 2d scroller yeah but i mean it looked uh astrea ascending yes yeah uh that game looks really freaking really really good for i've never wanted to play a game like that but the art one that was like a 2d valhalla oh man like a viking one that's Song of like, Iron. 2D. Oh, okay. Now, yeah. I've heard Song of Iron is, is actually done by somebody here in the community. Yeah, yeah. He's an awesome guy. His name's Joe. Uh, he, um, is, he's been on lots of podcasts. I think, actually, he was on one, possibly today, or he's on one tomorrow. I can't remember which one I saw. Um, and, yeah, he's uh, promotes his game. He has a Twitch stream where he actually goes deep into dev, uh, dev stuff with that game. Um, and that was at E3, I think originally when it was shown in a sizzle reel and it jumped out to people. Right. And it's, uh, it's getting a lot of attention. It's, uh, I think it's um, good. Another one that I think is kind of flying under the radar right now until it goes out. Now, correct me if I'm wrong on this Shockley. I think this would be more of a game up your alley would be Octopath Traveler. That's out now. Yeah. I mean, I just, bought, yeah, 
I just bought that. Well, that's how, but I mean, like, I, I remember when it was on the Switch. I never played it on the Switch. Now, all of a sudden, it's on Xbox, and it's like, oh, hey, check that out. I might actually end up finding myself playing it. Mm-hmm. No, it looked like a cool, yeah, it's a cool, cool game. I think it's on PC, and you can do ultra-wide if you have a wide monitor. I saw some people in the community doing, so... Yeah, definitely check it out on a PC Game Pass if you have it. I don't know, man. I just there's a lot of games on the on this whole event. I think there was like what sixty games shown. Twenty are going into Game Pot Game Pass. Uh, dude, if if your backlog was not already long enough, and you are thinking about exploring outside of your realm and wanting to dig into the indie scene, it's like your backlog just all of a sudden bursted at the seams. Mm-hmm. We got Italian Clowns here with the $5 Super Chat. Hey, Carlo, keep up the po- the awesome, positive Xbox talk, guys. Uh, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. Uh, fellow Gamers United Guild member, thank you very much. We appreciate what you and the, the guys at Four Guys at Quarters do. Very awesome show. Uh, you know, guys, uh, we might have our own little interview coming up in a couple of weeks. I haven't said anything yet, but uh, we'll keep you posted. So we got some exciting things lined up with all this interview talk. I just thought I'd mention that. Um, yeah, no, there was some there was some good stuff uh, during the show. Uh, Second Extinction, I know that was mentioned because we did get some release dates here. And Second Extinction, Extinction, it launches into Game Preview and Game Pass on April twenty eighth. So, so what less about actually exactly a month away so that's pretty exciting for Are you guys interested in joining me on that uh, i'm definitely gonna play it yeah i mean i'm downloading it day one i want to check it out Mm-hmm. yeah no i i you know what um game we've never got so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right we haven't got a turok game we haven't uh there's a few different games we haven't gotten but no it looks pretty cool I, i'll definitely give it a download and check it out I mean, who doesn't like you know, dinosaurs, big guns, and some co-op action, right? So Right, but I'm also, like, that's one of the beauties of the whole indie scene is uh, we see a lot of new concepts, a lot of new styles, a lot of new um, game mechanics uh, come out of games, out of the whole indie development, uh, indie developer community. And one of the things I'm interested about Second Extinction is, I guess, the way to keep keep you on your toes because, you know, it, you know, you play those Battle Royale games where you get those guys that know every nook and cranny of that map and you really don't want to go against those guys. Um, the nice thing is about Second Extinction is that the map has some kind of, like, dynamic leveling. In other words, it's split into regions and... Just because one one region was easy peasy one time you went in, it could be insanity the next time you go in in that region because the difficulties change on the regions. Interesting. Hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Is it a pr- uh, procedural? I don't know. Um, I guess it, it's one of those things where I guess from what I'm reading is there is there is an online server element to it. So if there's a lot of players in the area and there's a lot of action and a lot of people are running missions in that particular region it'll start dialing up the difficulty in that region because there's more people there so therefore it's going to want to increase the amount of activity there versus over doing a mission in an area that a lot of people there's not a whole lot of activity so you're going to be able to go in and kind of get your mission done and have very little resistance unless by some chance 
you're doing a mission that requires a certain dinosaur or something like that. I've been watching stuff online um, and it, it gets pretty chaotic pretty quick. Um, I mean, like there's, they've put a, I like the fact that there's different variants of the dinosaurs that have different abilities, uh, different ways of attack. And from the way it looks, they're going to be adding more of them. This is just game preview. If you actually go onto their website, they have a, a ton of resources right now showing people what they've already pumped into the game. They have a roadmap on what they're going to do. And it looks like this is just the beginning. And what I'm seeing already is like a crack to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there were, I was actually kind of surprised by how many games kind of caught my eye here. Like once I went through all the trailers, for example, there's another one that's labeled as an Xbox exclusive exclusive death's door it's from, well, it's from Digital, uh, what, Devol- no, sorry, Devolver, Devolver Digital. Digital. That, that's correct. And it's a top-down action game. It's the one with the crow, the crow with the sword. And it's, like, going crazy and whatnot. Kind of, <laughs> And, I don't know, it just looks pretty cool uh, with the art style and the action. Oh, it seems up my alley. Uh, just going through just this list here. There's again a massive, massive list of games here. It's really cool. It just it's unfortunate though because again, just the way that they had the events structured, it didn't seem like they were doing the best job that they could. If there was a little bit more structure to it, I think it would have been a little more successful. But yeah, after like three, four hours, I mean, they must have known that. You know, a lot of people wouldn't be able to uh, retain all this information and just all these uh, long talks. So just kind of kind of yeah, weird. they should definitely take a note from Nintendo uh, for the game parts, for the gameplay. Do it like a Nintendo Direct where it's just on to the next game, real, you know, game after game. And then if you're going to have the dev talk or anybody else talking, that's when you do kind of like how Nintendo does with like the treehouse. They'll do that after it. So if you don't want to stay for that, you already saw all the games that were in a quick, short bit. And then if you want to watch the dev stuff, cool. They're going to talk to the devs one by one. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely, Shockley. Make a good point there. And that's the thing. Like Again, when I was going on about structure, I think that it would be to their best interest to do it like that to take some notes from nintendo or even from sony too with the way that they do like a state of play or something but still again they were a whole bunch of cool games listed off there i would have liked to have seen more release dates too and also there were some games that were absent for example i was hoping to learn more about scorn as i know you were um centurion but it looks like they're going to be saving that one dude for real I, i'm gonna say that's an e it's been showing at e3 so many times i really see that one popping up at e3 mm-hmm. you know last e, the last time we saw scorn was the the first the first uh the first stream of jeff Keeley's summer of gaming and Microsoft did it. Uh, they launched that whole thing with actually a, like a small E3 for indies only. Um, and I'm wondering if they're going to do that again this year where they kind of split it up as uh, here's the, the E3 for indies and here is like the main E3 for Xbox. And then we're probably going to get one for Bethesda too. What did mm-hmm. the uh, dev make uh, that's making Scorn? What did they make before that? This is their first game, I think. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. I yeah, so. I was going to say, I, I, I think this whole thing is a Kickstarter production. game at first. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, Scorn has been uh, <laughs> Scorn, if I am right, has been kickstarted and crowdfunded. Hmm. Crazy. Um, man. So one thing that's just like a big takeaway, though, is the twenty-two games day one game pass, right? I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty big takeaway from this. I mean, there's a list here: Art of Rally, Astria Ascending, Backbone, Boyfriend Dungeon, Craftopia, Dead Static Drive, Edge of Eternity, Hello Neighbor Two, Library of Ruina, Little Witch in the Woods, Moon Goblet, uh, Narita Boy, Nobody Saved the World. That one was really cool. Uh, Omno Recompile, Sable, She Dreams Elsewhere, Stalker Two, The Ascent, Undungeon, Way to the Woods, and Wild at Heart. Wild at Heart also looked really cool. It's just like. That just proves, I mean, these are third-party games, most of them, right? Uh, all, right all of them, I think. Is there any of there that are first-party? I don't think any mm. of them are. Uh, um, so, no, I don't think so. We're talking about, you know, people saying, oh, you know, it's just it's not just Xbox games launching day one. It, you know, it's we, we saw this quite a bit, like, this past year with where we had Carry On, a hit. We, you know, you had Spirit Fair. You had you had more of this, but is this going to be an ongoing trend? Is this going to get more and more and more? And this is just the indie games, right? Oh, we're mm-hmm. already proven we're also getting AAA uh, third-party games now with like Outriders, right? So, man, is it like day one Game Pass is 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 for real, right? And it's just going to get it's just going to grow even more. Uh, that's that's the biggest takeaway here for me. Is just seeing that diversity of games in the Game Pass library that are going to be new games. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm playing games that I never would have thought I'd get a chance to just because of the availability in Game Pass. So, yeah, I totally understand what you mean, brother. And yeah, there are some there are some other omissions too. I think there, uh, some people in the chat are saying the gunk, bright memory, infinite. We again, we might see those later on. Although I think there might be exclusivity deals with that with those ones. Also, I haven't seen any mention of this. The Cuphead DLC, the Delicious Last Course. I thought we might have heard something about it, seen it there. I know that it was delayed by the developer. They've been having some issues uh, with again, like with every other de- whatever what every other developer has been going through at the moment. But I don't. I'm just kind of bummed because we heard about that game, I believe, at E3 or sorry, that DLC at E3 2018, and they've just been so silent about it. We haven't seen anything, so I'm kind of concerned there. I would love to see more of that because I'm really big on Cuphead, but otherwise. I don't know, guys. I I really, despite the length and how, again, how this showcase turned out, there were a lot of cool games announced, and some again, some of the ones that we've seen before. So my takeaway is, hey, we we saw some cool games, right? So you know, I'd rather not be the one complaining. It's not like we didn't, you know, it's not like it was really dry by any means. It's just you know a little elongated for a lot of people's taste. So hopefully they learn from this. Um, all right, fellas, I think on that note, we're going to migrate over to our next topic. And for the last couple of weeks, guys, we've been hearing rumblings of Microsoft looking into acquiring Discord. And there seems to be a lot of meat to this, as a few outlets are confirming that not only are they talking, but it's in advanced stages, no less. Now, guys, this would be a pretty big 
purchase and have implications for Xbox. Now, if any one of you would like to chime in, that's no problem here. I'm going to leave this one open. What do you guys think about all this chatter? Could we be seeing Microsoft buying Discord sometime soon? I'll hop in mm -hmm. on this one first real quick and just say yes. Um, one, uh, this is, in my opinion, right up Microsoft's alley. This is something that they can obviously turn into some form of a free version and a subscription-based version. We already know that because there is actually something called like a Discord, a Discord boost or whatever. Nitro. Discord Nitro. And when this was actually a perk that at one time Microsoft was giving you for free as part of your Game Pass Ultimate subscription. So we've already seen uh, Microsoft, in my opinion, probably testing the waters on the interest on Discord. Um, in my opinion, again, this is something I feel Microsoft should really uh, sit down, figure out how to integrate into Xbox and actually create a system uh, that could almost rival uh, the original Google Hangouts, something where you can go in, get a podcast going, go in, get a game going with some friends and stream it wherever you want. We all know that Microsoft is not going to be one of those companies where they're not going to try to create a product that's not flexible. Um, if you, if it was something to where they could help like with people with like doing streaming and stuff, um, definitely they would probably make it to where you could put your stream keys in and it would be very flexible. I don't really see Microsoft wanting to make Discord specific to them. I see them wanting to improve Discord and definitely help it grow and get a bunch of people using it. Um, they all have like Microsoft Teams and other technologies to help bring people together. And I feel that Discord is a much more... Um, I hate like I, I hate using the word casual, but Discord is a much more casual consumer product versus trying to convince somebody to use something that is meant mostly for a business. Mm -hmm. Does, does yeah. that make sense? Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, I mean, when you think about it, there <clears throat> I I, th I genuinely think that Microsoft are looking to buy Discord just for the sheer size of the community because again you talk about that centurion and they have i looked into it a bit they have about 140 million active users i i, I had no idea to be honest with you and you can tell that microsoft genuinely wants that creator community they failed with beam well beam slash mixer i mean look what happened there i mean it just it, it didn't work they tried to do the whole streaming thing, and it just failed miserably, unfortunately. And, and there's a little bit of Discord integration already on the Xbox. There is, If I'm right, there's a little bit of the Discord app, because I actually have a friend on Xbox that runs their own Discord server, and the only way that they will not use Xbox Party Chat you have to go into like the discord app and like turn on discord and everything. And they, they basically conduct everything out of their discord server. Yeah. You can like link it to where people can see what you're playing and know that you're online. Uh, as of right now, that's pretty much it. Like with the integration goes, but I think this move is to dramatically increase the integration, uh, between Xbox and discord. I could, uh, there's a lot of possibilities. Um, 
So with Discord now, you can have your own server, you have channels within the server, you have voice chat, you can have text chat. I mean, it's almost like running your own forum um, where you have a lot of control over that, where you can actually chat within it and you can also stream uh, within it. Now, streaming is like uh, sharing your screen, right? That type of streaming. But I could imagine them doing this thing they do with Xbox Game Bar where you can actually stream your console to your PC remotely. Uh, I can imagine them doing that with in Discord uh, remotely. You could go into that as well. You could also potentially, who knows, even have xCloud somehow implemented with them there. Imagine integrating the Xbox uh, club system or looking for group into Discord. Oh, yeah. You could do so many things. You could have overlays potentially with video going onto your TV screen from Discord, right? Like they've done with Twitch and, and stuff in the past. You could have um it's so many different things uh to cross to cross that and the the other thing is this is a platform that people are so used to and it's becoming the primary way that people actually socialize in gaming so you're talking about having a platform that is a cross platform you can do this on mobile you can do it on pc Uh, a lot of xbox streamers and stuff use it for chat between each other but you're going in if you actually implement it with xbox you can access the chat within right within the xbox itself you talk about potentially having that platform available across all devices, even maybe in the future, maybe Nintendo has a Discord app. Maybe uh, Sony has a Discord app on their system. So the cross-play is now accessible for everybody. You're not having to go solely through Xbox uh, Party Chat or uh, you know the workarounds that people do with Nintendo or Sony has their own system. Because cross-play is is the future, right? Like people, all these big titles are doing cross play now. Um, it's, it's, a, it creates headaches sometimes when you're playing games like Warzone and you have to go switch to the game chat and the audio's all off. It sounds like crap and stuff. If you have a unified system like discord out there that everybody can use and Xbox gets control of that, uh, they're going to be, make sure that it's, uh, very accessible for Xbox users first. So that's exciting for me as a, somebody that primary plays on Xbox. I just hope that they don't change it too much, right? To where it takes away what's special about Discord now. And that would be the everybody's main fear, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, this deal could potentially be about $10 billion for the, uh, the ch- this chat app. So it's very... I mean, that would be more than Bethesda. But keep this in mind, fellas. They paid quite a bit of money for LinkedIn. I believe LinkedIn, wasn't it something like $20 billion? Like, it, it was a lot of money. And Microsoft's been basically hands-off with them. Uh, and so far, it's been pretty good. Uh, do you guys think that they once they get them, that they'll be hands-off, potentially, with Discord? Just kind of let them be, like kind of function how they are because remember with mixer they had him rebrand from beam to mixer and you know i just it wasn't very successful do you guys think that they would take more of a hands-off approach to them most likely yeah i don't think they would want to tamper with it and as of late it seems like microsoft's uh you know execs or like you know leadership is taking that approach with pretty much most of the things they're acquiring because people i that was the first thought uh i I saw people post was like oh look what they did to skype although skype skype in itself had issues so but they're still you know they still did good things with that 
But again, that was under Balmer, so it's it's not the same. So it's like me treating Sony the same as the same company that uh, you know took the banned Switch foot. If you bought their CD, it installed malware into your computer and made it so you couldn't rip the CD, <laughs> which they had to get you know callbacks for. So it's not that same Sony, you know, twenty years ago, ten years ago. So leadership does change. So that that part is different. But I think this would definitely be big for them. Definitely well worth the money hell they made back the Bethesda deal already as far as just microsoft as a whole in their last quarter um and then integrate that with xbox that would be great because lately xbox party chat has not been very reliable at all especially using the app it's mm-hmm. been terrible so usually i switch over to discord uh with friends that are either on pc or on xbox um, so I think that'd be awesome if they just, and it just fits so well into what they're going for. Cause then it's just like, Hey, there's a party chat across PC, Xbox and cloud. So you can just be all on discord, which just kind of encompasses everybody, you know, on the same platform. So it fits their MO perfectly. So definitely up their alley. And I hear, um, it was discord coming to them wanting to be bought. So that's what I was hearing on, uh, uh, incognito or uh, uh, Lord Cognito, sorry, on the uh, Iron Lords podcast to talk about today was actually them approaching Microsoft mm-hmm. looking to be bought. Yeah. I, got, I got another thought on this, guys. Too. Mm-hmm. Just like I mean, as we're talking, like it's just like I'm thinking about it, right? Okay, so you already have like how many you said 140 million uh, Discord users, something right? like that. Yeah, active, keep in mind, monthly active users. Okay, so you're there's been rumors about the Xbox potentially down the road getting rid of, you know, any kind of multiplayer paywall, right? Um, they're, they're already testing to make sure that to get rid of the party chat paywall. You got the debranding of Xbox Live to where it's now Xbox Network, right? Um, so if you all of a sudden incorporate Discord... Uh, you could have people log into Xbox through Discord. All of a sudden, you have 140 new Xbox users immediately as Xbox is no longer just about the console. It's about the cloud. It's about the platform. You integrate the sign-in process with Discord. Xbox is all one thing. So people sign into Discord. They're t- at that point, they're an Xbox user, right? You're growing your user base dramatically automatically just like that you can advertise game pass through discord x cloud through discord uh to all the people that are now in that xbox family right so uh, there could be motivations here like that as well mm-hmm. yeah no it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens with this because it sounds <laughs> judging by from the articles that I've been reading and uh, just the general chat going around, it seems like this deal is again pretty advanced, and we could be here hearing something, well, relatively soon, maybe in a month or so. I wouldn't be surprised if we heard something at like, well, I won't say I won't say E three, obviously, but maybe even uh, like before a June event, maybe maybe May. Like it just it sounds like this is just around the corner, guys. So again, they could have another big acquisition on their hands soon just it's very exciting uh what do we got here oh dirt griggity with the five dollar super chat what's up fellas good to see my boy mav on the show mav you get around the podcast scene haven't you 
<laughs> yeah, Dirt's awesome, man. Uh, they have a really fun show there. Um, uh, it's uh, his shows is on Monday night, right? So that's tomorrow night. So I'm uh, looking forward to watching that tomorrow. Shout out to Dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we got some commentary here in the chat. Reign of the Third Eye. The current Microsoft is completely different beast than previous. Oh yeah, that's for sure, brother. Uh, you know, Matrix era, Balmer, and so on. Very, very different era. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, Predator H two O. Hey, Pred, great to see you here. Of course, uh, I think Discord uses Google servers for video and their own servers for voice. Not sure. You know what? I'd have to look into that. And uh, what else? They uh, cere- cerebral Paul. They are in the Xbox ecosystem, to be precise. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But I mean, either way, guys, it's very. I mean, you see Microsoft making these moves, and they're not small ones. When you're talking about again, we were, we we talked about Bethesda and Zenimax that purchase for seven point five billion, and now this, they are splurging. They definitely want to be competitive here, and it's just, again, it's a sign of the times. You need the content, and along with that, just trying to improve your general infrastructure overall. Uh, like, I, I'm not sure who stated it earlier, if it was uh, Shockley or Mav, but just overall, very, like, there's a lot of aggressive moves here being made, and it's very health, health healthy to see with, uh, again, Game Pass and just the overall ecosystem. Now, we had touched on this uh, during our chat, but I'm going to move on to, uh, and segue, I should say, into, like, the whole free multiplayer uh, thing. And there seem to be changes coming to Xbox Live or the Xbox Network. Recently, Xbox Preview uh, Program Developer Brad Rossetti stated that, and I quote, Xbox insiders in Alpha Skip ahead are uh, skip ahead. We are flighting some new features, multiplayer and free free to play games. Looking for groups and party chat on Xbox no longer requires Xbox Live Gold membership. As we flight and test these services changes ahead of general availability. Whew, that was a, that was a mouthful. So we're finally starting to see free to play actually becoming a thing. Um, again, I'll put this out there to whoever in the on the crew tonight wants to uh, raise their hand first. Uh, what do you guys think about this move? I mean, you know, again, we had just talked about Discord maybe getting bought. I mean, do you guys again? Do you guys think that there's a, a big connection here? Um, I don't yeah. think there's any big connection like between those two, but mm-hmm. it's definitely long overdue, um, especially since they announced hey it's coming we're not raising game or uh, xbox live prices and then it's like months later it's like um do you guys forget about <laughs> so people have been kind of waiting on it so it's nice to see it's already moved to the insider um i know some people were saying why would they need to test to make it free but it's like there's everything's integrated so you know there's certain things where they need to make sure hey is this working right before they roll it out to everybody and say hey it's it's there, and then it's not working, and then people are, like, pissed. So that's why they do that whole insider program. But um, but long overdue, um, I know back in the day when you had to have Xbox Live Gold to order pizza pizza through your Xbox, which is weird. But 
Um, so now we're everything's everybody's pretty much on an even playing field. Um, other than the only one, the only thing I would say is uh, PSN missing those free cloud saves. Otherwise, they'd be pretty much equal at that point. So, yeah, totally. Now, what do you guys think about the whole rebranding of the network? Is that just, I mean, Obviously, if they're changing the all the multiplayer side of things, I mean, they're going to have to rebrand some things, right? Uh, is this just a sign with the times again? I mean, Xbox Live, it started what, in 2001 or 2002? Forgive me, guys, if I'm off by a year or so. Um, yeah, 2002. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it again, we're looking at, what, 20 years, 21 years? It's or about that anyways. It's... Again, it's a little bit of an antiquated. Again, we talk about the gold membership, how it's kind of antiquated the way that it is. So this whole rebranding of Xbox Live to the Xbox Network is it just a real sign of the times that we're seeing here? Um, so we got to interview uh, Jez Corden like mm-hmm. the day after that on Four Guys with Quarters and. He had some really interesting thoughts because he kind of had changed the way I was thinking about it at the time. Um, Where I was thinking, okay, hey, Xbox Network, it just means they're going big. You know, Xbox Network is like so many different things. You know, like uh, you could be anything. It's more than just live, which is just like going online, which you don't like. You don't need America online anymore and things like that. It's just like you go, you know, the the network and the Internet's always available. Right. That's kind of, I think, where, where they were going with that. But. For Jez, what he said um, was it's more of a de-branding. Like you said, it kind of a sign of the times. It's like just it, network has had a little N, right? It wasn't like a big N. It wasn't a, a capital N on an Xbox network, like a brand name. It was more of a descriptive term. Network as in just what it is, right? So um, it's more of just getting rid of the word live. Um, and maybe that helps for some of the other moves that are making. Like we just talked about the party chat thing uh, not being behind the paywall free to play games not being behind the paywall all that stuff i think that's the first step in the, this transition that we're seeing um and overall i think you're just going to sign into xbox you're going to be online and you're going to get be able to play at some point all multiplayer games um and that's it just makes more sense because you the more you have access to um the more things you can buy <laughs> right. So I think that the way games have gone, I think it is kind of antiquated. Now, they need to get those Game Pass subscriptions up still uh, a little bit. I mean, they're still on the I mean, they're it's booming and they're on the right track with all this. So the more subscriptions we get there, that's when you're going to start seeing more of this stuff happening. Right. Until until there's just live, which has already been debranded, just doesn't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, we got a. Oh yeah, one sec, oh. Centurion. Uh, we got Snakewood here with the five dollar super chat. Thank you very much, Snakewood. Here is to a great stream, guys, and shout out to Mav. Mav, you are one popular fella. Dang. Yeah, Snakewood's awesome too, man. He's, he hangs out in our streams and our chats. Shout out, man. What's up? Yeah, totally. Thanks, Snakewood. All right, go ahead, Centurion. Um, I got a chance to uh, chit chat with this yesterday with uh the great pong soul over on the shop podcast and you know in chatting with david preen um 
I've noticed with Microsoft, it's not always just cut and dry as, you know, oh, it's a network. And no offense, I, I totally get what everybody's saying. Like, it's a broad, it's a broadening network. It's deep. I actually like how you're saying they're kind of debranding it. Um, because if we look at Xbox Live, Xbox Live was at its time its name. It was a live, you were playing live with other people. At the time of its name, its conception, that was like amazing to us. It was like, dude, we no longer have to invite all our friends over per se to play online or we don't have to play on the same TV. We can invite all these people over. We had land parties. Uh, eventually it grew into online multiplayer and the rest is history. Um, but I feel like talking with David Preen and hearing some of the, uh, the mottos that some of the executives follow and just kind of how Phil Spencer looks at wanting gaming to be all inclusive and that I guess the idea with uh, with Microsoft and gaming right now is to to include everybody. I mean, they are the, still the only hardware manufacturer, uh, the actual gaming hardware manufacturer that builds an actual physical console that also puts a portion of its development team to developing um, hardware for people with disabilities. Um, big thing, the um, what's the called again? The uh, the big controller with the discs on it. Uh, invader is that uh, uh, i think the, the adaptive controller the adaptive controller i believe it's called right yes. exactly so we could see microsoft's inclusiveness um already and just how they they conduct themselves and how they view their ecosystem differently they've always had this big thing with exclusives on how they want to share their exclusives with their entire ecosystem and not just lock them down on one device in their in their portfolio so, um, with the, the concept of the network is if you look at it, we go on Xbox every single day and we make connections with people we've never met before from all over, all over the world. And I feel like it's more than just the term. They see it as more of an, a way to network yourself with other people, play games you love. Um, you even have the ability to have party chats, to watch movies with some of these people. At one point in time, Microsoft actually had uh, a thing where you could use your avatar to actually like a movie theater and watch movies with people. Um I really see Microsoft really pushing um, the idea of their ecosystem and how their ecosystem, in my opinion, is is a one-of-a-kind ecosystem, just like PlayStations, just like Nintendos. Xbox has really found their niche, and I really feel that they are now kind of embracing it with this whole network idea because they are looking to put out products like xCloud and they're just wanting to make this ecosystem extremely massive. So at this point, it's going from just being a live service to being an actual living, breathing network where people come and go every single day from all walks of life. Call me cheesy. Hmm. What kind of cheese, though? Havarti cheese, uh, Monterey Jack. What you know? How do you feel about that? <laughs> see, I like that exotic stuff that you got to go see the dude in the special corner of the supermarket that has all the wood boards and like, I mean, like, just waits for people to come and get cheese. Right, right. I'm a pecorino uh, cheese guy myself, but you know, I'm I'm a little I mean, bit of a name. I like Munster. I'm a little bit of a cheese enthusiast, but. Hey, that's me. But uh, you put your pinky up when you eat it. No, no, that I do not. <laughs> How many cheese fans in the chat? Let's get cheesy here. All right. 
<laughs> let's see. Graphic God, Jay's got a question. How do you guys feel about the opinion going around that Microsoft can't actually be competitive or innovative, so they just buy what they need, like a spoiled kid? You know, I I don't like that. Actually, I don't like that when it comes to a whole bunch of the the companies, whether it be Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. I mean, if they're already friendly with like said big I, developer, I, you know, I'll probably that's be... the thing. The only one that's gotten away with like not just buying out would be I would say Nintendo, because Sony bought most of their studios like, except for like Sony, maybe like Sony Santa Monica and. Polyphony Digital, but other than that, they bought all those other ones. So I, I wanted to just challenge him and tell me how Sony's been innovative in the first place. Hmm. Yeah, like, I believe I, in generations. There's little, there's little, there's little <laughs> things you could say here, little quips, and I, I could, and I could retaliate back out of Microsoft. And honestly, it, regretfully, that's the world we live in. Innovation right now is. I would love to see some good old fashioned like actual innovation. But if we really want to throw that out there, you know, innovative, um, if you want to talk innovative, you go ahead and take the PlayStation five apart and you hold that heat, heat sink in your hand and you really try to pull the innovation card. Obviously Microsoft is innovative when it comes to hardware development. That's why nobody can hold a flame to the things that are inside the series X right now. And to prove that all you have to do is go watch a two minute video and watch somebody from Japan, pull out a heat sink that looks like it belongs in a flash Gordon novel. Yeah. And also <laughs> like it, there's a benefit to all, all of these creators to have been left alone and not part of like Microsoft to begin with. Right. So like, and they're going to, because of how many of their acquiring and all of this stuff, I think they're going to have to kind of leave it like that where these Places are going to pretty much run independently on Microsoft's dime, right? Because uh, you can't micromanage that many studios. It's just impossible, right? So you mm -hmm. have um, like Bethesda coming in. It's like it, all of this creativity from them doesn't go away just because they're bought I by know. Microsoft. It's, how about they? All the years they put together, all of those things they've developed, all the engines they make, that's all they created it, right? It's still the same people. You know, it doesn't change. I just want to add on with, um, dude, people want to say Microsoft is not innovative. Innovative is when a console company is whooping your ass and you have just flipped the script and now the owner of said console company is losing sleep at night over two words, Game Pass. That dude has lost multiple a lot of content on his console over Game Pass. People keep comparing the PlayStation to Game Pass. With Basically, they keep asking PlayStation, what's their answer for Game Pass? PlayStation doesn't want to answer Game Pass. They're being backed into a corner. Tell me how that is not innovation. That is manipulating the market to fit your needs. In my opinion, that is very innovative. Yeah. You know, you know what uh, Sony did to innovate this generation with their games? They jacked the price up ten dollars. <laughs> That's innovative. But um, well, if you think about it, when they came in, like they wouldn't have been competitive. Like they lucked out so hard that Nintendo was like, "Hey, we're sticking with cartridge. Cool. You're losing Square. You could have like so Sony wouldn't have had Square, and then." You had the the other maker that actually Sega Saturn that actually went with CDs decide to like, hey, we're gonna just like half make it a an amazing 2D console 
And yeah, I can do some 3D, but good luck trying to figure that shit out. So you had both of the juggernauts in the market totally just implode on each other. And hey, Sony just steps in. Hey, developers, you know, hey, you just use CDs. Hey, you don't have to, you know, have a master's degree <laughs> in kit science to try to figure this one out, like the Sega Saturn. And you can actually fit your game on our CDs, unlike with the N64. So they just, by nature, most of the they had so many exclusives just off that alone they didn't have any they barely i don't even had a studio maybe they had like one and two internal studios they started but like they didn't have like naughty dog back then they you know they signed them on as like a newer dev but they weren't like first party yet but again they got all of that shit from you know just the other two just totally just destroying each other so if you think about it they they wouldn't even been competitive you know, they probably would have had to buy, you know, use some of their leverage as a Sony as a company to actually start buying kind of like Microsoft did. They came in, you know, when Nintendo was still a good name, even though it came off coming off the N64. And then you had the juggernaut Sony. Them coming in, they had to buy, you know, hey, Bungie, want to join us? Cool. Well, that way you don't have to be a Mac exclusive and who knows where that would have gone. But like they bought some studios. Because that's what you're going to have to do at that point. It's too far in. The ends are too big. If you're going to come in, you're going to have to splash some cash. You can't just like, hey, we're going to slowly build up and maybe we'll be competitive. No, you're going to get run out of town and not going to make it. No one's going to buy your console. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some wise words there, Shockley. Um, I see some people in the chat agreeing with you for sure, as well as Centurion. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's overblown, Jay, personally. Like it's all about content and of course you're going to acquire studios with that or not just studios too but other companies too that are going to again just help uh you know bring awareness or uh just help you on whatever on whatever ends that you need to rectify that you're not doing so well in again microsoft looking like they're going to buy discord it makes a lot of sense they're fr so mhm mm I just wanted to add on what you said, Invader. I feel like Microsoft, this has been a long time coming. This has been something that Microsoft has been building. When they first built their their uh, eco their uh, Xbox Live network, they didn't want to be first out of the gates. They wanted to create a good product. We all saw, we all see what's happening to the, to the network of the ecosystem that was first out of the gates, PlayStation, the difficulties they're having in changing just their names alone. Um... And I feel Microsoft, the difference in Matra, and I've noticed it when it comes to money, when you compare games over at Xbox compared to PlayStation, PlayStation really loves those bangers. They love, the, they love that fast money. They love hitting the lottery. Hey, we knocked one out of the park, 90 Metacritic. We're about to make X amount of million dollars this year because we hit another 90 Metacritic with a game. Microsoft loves that slow drip feed effect. They love making that money slowly over time. That kind of money that an investor or somebody can set their watch to and know exactly how much they're growing the company by, by every little bit every year. And that's why it's a slow drip feed effect. We've seen Microsoft slowly building their, their network. And now all of a sudden they could potentially have one of the best gaming networks known right now. Um, we're seeing this in their studios. They they kind of they almost stumbled there for a while, but now they're definitely back in line and knowing the direction they want to go with gaming. 
Um, dude, I feel that Microsoft has been planning this for a long time and they've had a few ducks in a row. Yes, they've had a few trip stumbles and a few things go wrong, but no matter what, they've kind of had a slow direction that they've stuck to. And I really feel that we're about to start seeing the fruits of all of that over the next few years. Well, I mean, things were looking kind of grim a few years back, but again, Phil, uh, he went to Satya and was like, hey, we can do this, this, and that, you know, just to summarize what happened. And lo and behold, they, you know, he convinced them that, yeah, there is something to Xbox. There's a reason why Microsoft should invest in this division. And lo and behold, look, they've been... Uh, Game Pass subscriptions have been doing very well. Uh, the brand awareness seems to be uh, skyrocketing at the moment. You look at all the acquisitions, and now they're in a spot where they're going to have all this exclusive content from some of the smaller studios they got to some of the larger ones. And even, again, they bought freaking Bethesda for crying out loud. So I think, again, with this Discord, or well, this possible again uh, it's not official just yet but this possible discord acquisition um it means big things a lot of big things so we'll keep an eye on it and see where that goes but again to answer jay's question again like all companies do it it just it's just being competitive in the space that's all it is um all right fellas we will move on to some other bits of news and i tell you there's another interesting rumor kind of making the rounds and reportedly, Sony will be closing their online stores for the PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, and the PSP. This will be happening sometime in July and August. I think they're uh, kind of staggering them, if I'm not mistaken. I've seen a lot of concern about this, considering the PlayStation 5 at this point in time can't play games from the PlayStation 3 and earlier. Now, Shockley, buddy, what are your thoughts on this? And... If this is true, could we be seeing Sony possibly update the PlayStation 5 to play more legacy titles? Or will they just push forward with PS Now? Yeah, great question there. Uh, I I don't think so. Well, I definitely don't think so with the PS3. I think they're just going to rely on PS Now for that. Um, I'm still, I don't, still don't get why there's not more PS games on there, because there is some. Uh, like just natively, like you can buy Rogue Galaxy, Dark Cloud 2, GTA 3. You can get the PS2 classics of those on the system. Um, so I don't know why they don't, since there are already, there are so many of those games that they had deals with that I think that would be easy to get. They had their own games they developed for that they could easily put on there. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. Now, as far as with the store goes, uh, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. In the sense that, well, they can't use the store to buy, you know, sell you anything because, well, the PS3, those games aren't going to be natively on the console. So, again, that's why they use PS Now. Whereas with Xbox, it makes sense. That's why one reason why the 360 store is still kicking, even though it's, you know, an older console than the PS3, is they still use the 360 store to still sell you games that you can play on your Series X. So it makes sense to keep that going. And I don't know if they'll... Unless they somehow get that. And I think they have slowly started to integrate the store where you can just buy 360 titles like on um, like on the Windows version of the store. And it's not still like the 360 
because uh, before you used to go to the store and the on Xbox One, it would have to like when you try to buy a 360 game, it tried to like, hey, wait a minute, we're gonna have to take you over to this page, and then you have to like hit free or whatever whatever the price is, because it wouldn't tell you the price until you went to the next page. So it was literally taking you to the 360 store in the background. So, but lately now you can see the price. You don't have to do that. Uh, hey, you know, see the price in your cart thing on there so i they might eventually get there where they kind of do the same thing and i think people getting upset about it for like you know i think paris had a tweet about it. it's like hey we're all at, you know liberty this is another reason of why hey we're all the beholden to the uh you know publishers and that goes for physical content too because hey if they take down the you know service well guess what those day one patches these this these days are just coasters Developers use that extra time to finish pushing in the game. So there goes that. But in most instances, you can back up your games. So if you got a Switch, you can literally back up those games to your hard drive. If Nintendo Switch takes down Nintendo's store like they did with the Wii U, guess what? You got all those games saved on a hard drive on your PC. So they're not gone. So I don't I think people are kind of scared with that. People think they're taking these games with them to the afterlife. Like Let's be real here, <laughs> but I don't think it's that you know big to get up in arms about. But get into retro gaming, you know. Hey, if, it'd be great if they put the PS3 games on there, but since they're not, well, there's no reason for them to keep it open. So, well, that's the problem, though, right? I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, there there is no PS3 hard, games on there. Hard Develop console <laughs> now they can't figure it out either so <laughs> you know they keep saying they believe in generations right and they're proving it right you, like, you know not only mm. we're not going to have backwards compatibility at some point we're also going to take the ability for you to download your old games away from you on your previous systems um it's a stark contrast to what xbox is doing where they're not only still selling those old games in the Xbox store on the newest device where those games are also getting enhancements, right? Um, Auto HDR, FPS boost on some games, and Mm -hmm. uh, just like all these different things are doing to make the games more worth buying and also adding value to things you bought years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's why one reason I still wanted to get a Series X over... Um, you know, I'm going to upgrade my PC eventually when you can possibly get a 3080. Um, but that's another great reason is auto HDR. If you play literally go play, you know, pop in dead space and turn on that auto HDR. And I have pictures of it. It's night and day. That game look way better. (laughs) So it's, it's pretty sweet deal. It's with digital storefronts. I just have an issue with like the whole concept of that. Like they have, for me, they have a responsibility, you know, like if I, buy something digitally like a movie a piece of music an app on a iphone right like at some point like if you if you say that you can't have access to it anymore right um you bought it digitally and i own it but it should be playable on the newer device that you've released in the same ecosystem and it, you know like that that's the root of the problem where this exists because if they were making money on those games, then they would find a reason to keep it open. They're not making money on those games because nobody's buying them because they're not playable on the new system and they're not doing any enhancements on them. So, you know, we, we've seen 
Xbox go the complete opposite direction here with this. And that's something that I don't understand personally why there's not more of an outcry for. Like, imagine getting a, uh, buying a bunch of movies or something, right? And then you get a um, new TV. Oh, this TV isn't capable of playing your old movies. You know what I mean? It, we're we're done with the physical format. That was the limits there. Digital mm-hmm. doesn't have those restrictions. That's the benefit. That's the core benefit of digital. And it's up for me to preserve preserve the value of things you buy because it's digital. You have a responsibility of a platform holder to make sure that the the people in your ecosystem have access to that as long as they stay in that ecosystem. And PlayStation doesn't believe in that. Uh, they, and you know what? People buy more physical games more probably in a, a percentage-wise, I would say, probably on PlayStation than they do on Xbox because maybe for some of these reasons. So, but, you know, digital purchases, it would suck if, let's say, your house gets struck by lightning and you lose your PlayStations, right? You lose, or whatever, like, you, you lose everything on the hard drive. You can't re-download it. You know, that's those mm-hmm. those consoles are all eventually going to die. Yeah. We, you know, we believe in generations, like you said, <laughs> like you said in the chat, too. Um, like, I, I've always found that such a cringe moment when I read that, like we uh, what Jim Ryan said, because it's yeah. like but the funny thing about it is he said it like right after Phil's line of like, hey, guess what? We're going to make a dig and like, hey, we believe in those generational transitions and we're going to show you some games. Cool. And then later in November, oh, you found out Miles Morales and Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, well, I guess they're not transitioning to next gen only. <laughs> you can still get those on the PS4. <laughs> so yeah. kind of just negates everything you said. Yeah, and, and also some of those are going to be eventually make their way to PC as well. And well, yeah, it's just it, again, it was just such weird messaging, and then just going back on it. And I mean, even some of his comments too about uh, Game Pass and whatnot. Like, I, I think they're going to be uh, treading backwards <laughs> with a lot of what he said because I think they are interested in uh, getting their own Game Pass service going in uh, sometime in the near future. They're going to have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just imagine the value gap that's just going to keep growing. It's just seventy dollars per game. Uh, that's big exclusive versus part of the subscription. And that's just only going to keep compounding itself as Xbox has all these releases. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the gap is only going to grow as far as what the value is on one platform versus the other. And people like money. People like to keep their money in their pockets, right? So if they've okay. already experienced it too, like yeah. with Death Stranding, um, mm-hmm. like they're pumping in tons of investment for that. And then when that doesn't hit, that's where that's that AAA traditional games as we know it. That's where that's a big risk. Now, if you had, hey, guess what? You have uh, PS Now or, you know, say it had like up to what 18 million subscribers and they got their hands on Death Stranding day one, they'd probably give it a try, even though because before that they were like, hey, this looks like a FedEx packaging simulator. But they probably would have gave that, you know, should a try because it looked crazy, you know, crazy and weird and just quirky. But they would have tried it out just to see. Let's see what this is about. And then that would have got way better or at least way more players, you know, invested in the ecosystem playing it and giving it a try versus what happened. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. 
And guys, did you see this too? Now uh, there was a, I guess there was something going on with uh, uh, PS Now for one dollar. Remember how many people were mocking, always saying about Xbox, oh, they can give away Game Pass for a dollar with all these uh, uh, little discounts that they have every now and then, and it's like, oh, Game Pass is nothing. And now you see uh, uh, Sony doing it, PlayStation doing it with PS Now for a dollar this uh, limited time offer, and it's like, come on, guys. It's it just like, you know, it's so petty when we talk about these things, but, you know, both companies are going to do it eventually. It's it's so weird. Um, one thing, too, I got to bring up is there was a timely and interesting patent that popped up for, and it's uh, called Method and Apparatus for Awarding Trophies. Now, what's that, you ask? Well, it's basically rewarding trophies for emulated games. So, it's Again, with this patent here, I mean, don't get me wrong, not all patents go through, obviously, but, I mean, could we see some kind of game emulation uh, possibly come to PlayStation in the near future? Maybe. It's just, I, I can't see Sony just shutting down their stores when backwards compatibility is such a popular request in this day and age. I mean, or, well, that or Microsoft just really spoils us with backwards compatibility for the options. Like, I don't know. They just can't figure out that PS3. Like, that thing is a conundrum to themselves. Like, they cannot get that. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. they, I think they would. Because, um, mm -hmm. man, those PS3 games, they, I tried, I was trying to play, because I was like, man, I want to see, uh, I think it was because my fight stick at, for a second wasn't working on my 360. I was waiting for a new one. And I was like, well, it works on my PS5 that I can run PS Now on and play Mortal Kombat 9. But man, that game looked rough versus me running it on my 360. Like, it looked just visually pretty bad. And the colors were distorted. And I'm like, this is awful for the streaming part, at least for the PS3 games. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely understand. And... I don't know if you guys have noticed recently, but there's even been some articles popping up on some big gaming websites saying that Sony has a responsibility to, well, a responsibility to preserve gaming history. And you would think with a company that's had, again, a longer legacy than Xbox, obviously, uh, in the, well, not, not as much as Microsoft, but okay, as the Xbox brand in the gaming space. And... Again, they've had some pretty quality titles, and, well, you know, some of their titles are family well-known names, and you would think that they would want to, again, preserve what they have with some kind of backwards compatibility and so on. So I, I just find it weird. I find it really weird that they would do this. So Yeah, it's not just PlayStation that's guilty of that, though. It's also Nintendo. So just, just putting that out there. So they're not the only ones... Uh, that have this backwards compatibility uh, issue going on with their system and their storefronts. Mm -hmm. And keep this in mind, guys. I'm not trying to pick on like PlayStation or Sony or anything like that, but I, I do think that it would be a great thing for uh, PlayStation consumers to have that ability. And yeah, Nintendo, Nintendo are quite the special case. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. Uh, they have a lot of catching up to do. I mean, sure, some of their exclusive games sell like gangbusters. They do really well, but 
man, are they missing the mark on a lot, whether it be online. It's still funny that you can play more PS2 games on the Series X than you can the PS5 with two emulation. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that, too. That's a good point, uh, Shock. Oh, man. Uh, either way, guys, I would like to, I would love to see some kind of emulation or backwards compatibility running on the PS5 because, again, if this ends up being true, yeah, it would suck. It would suck for uh, PlayStation, like, you know, those guys who still have, who haven't migrated yeah, over. still don't know. You might still be able to download them, even though mm-hmm. you just might not be able to access and, yeah, know, I hope so. Purposes, yeah. So. They better. <laughs> That's yeah. what the hacking seems for. If you have a Vita, and you don't have that thing hacked, what are you doing? Because that memory card is super small, unless you had the hundred, almost a hundred dollar, sixty-four gig card from Sony. So, <laughs> hack the hack that shit. It's super easy. And guess what? You can just download straight from the store. It's super easy. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, my friend. Okay, fellas, I think on that note, uh, we'll head over to our last topic for the night. And recently, Xbox announced two new special edition controllers. One is the Electric Volt, which has a, well, I'll just plainly say it, a Mountain Dew color to it. Um, It's like a limey green. And the other one is the Daystrike Camo Special Edition that has, well, as the name implies, uh, camo covering it. It looks pretty sharp, in my opinion. Um, I've seen some excitement for these, and they're limited in stock at the moment. Centurion Buddy, what do you think of these latest additions to the Xbox accessories family? All right. Sorry, I had to take myself off mute. Um... Well, so I'm I'm not going to get them, but that's because I have too many controllers running around my house and my wife will look at me sideways. If I was to get any of them, I would definitely say the red camo one is pretty cool. Um, now, I did now forgive me. Um, you may have mentioned it, but did you mention they were made out of like post consumer grade plastic? No, not yet. I was going to bring that up. Uh, OK, but that, no, 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 you're right, was- though. Go right ahead. Like. So that was something that I thought was really cool. Um, obviously, um, I can only imagine um, who kind of helped kind of push that forward to kind of try to do. Th- this is probably Microsoft looking at wanting to explore the concept of making controllers out of recycled plastic versus uh, new plastic. Um, you know, David Preen always, you know, when he talked about making the Elite 2 controller or oh, excuse me, the Elite 1 um, they talked about the the difference between using a rechargeable and an unrechargeable battery, and his main thing was was a photo that he had of a dumpster full of batteries. So mm-hmm. I I know that technology is a big issue when it comes to um rem- to basically throwing it away. You know, we take things for granted. We throw things in the trash and we never see them again. Um, but you know, disposing of these electronics is actually a big deal. And the fact that Microsoft is actually exposing, uh, exploring ways to start trying to create some of these products out of post consumer grade, you know, recycled plastic, uh, it opens the doors to potentially looking at stuff we can do with these things. So we're not just kind of like filling the earth full of, uh, controllers, batteries and stuff like that. Um, and you know, this definitely, uh, 
also another example to show you is this could also cut down on the cost of a controller. This could be another way of uh, con containing the cost of a controller rather than, um, you know, the cost of goods going up and we now have to charge X amount of dollars for a controller. Um, now you're using a recycled product, which sometimes can actually help you save money in the construction of a uh, product. So, man. I guess for somebody from my point of view on a manufacturing standpoint, it's really cool that they're actually doing stuff like that. Um, as a consumer, um, they were talking about how the lime green one or the Mountain Dew color, as you say, was supposed to be more of like that uh, athletic. They wanted it to be like, you know, those poppy yellow colors that you see on a lot of athletic shoes. Um, and then obviously the red camo, man, the red camo on that thing looks really awesome. And what's absolutely really cool is if you kind of scroll down, uh, from where you see these on the Microsoft store, or, um, there's also matching outfits to go with these controllers. Um, there's like a, almost like a track suit of some kind for the, uh, the red camoed one. And then there's like a pair of shorts and a t-shirt for the uh, the yellow version of the controller, uh, so I kind of like what Microsoft's doing. It, it's it's different, uh, definitely uh, putting uh, a little bit more of a marketing scheme out there rather than uh, you know kind of putting instead of putting it on television everywhere else, they're going to try putting it on uh, us consumers and letting us word of mouth show it to uh, the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now. The Daystrike camo one, it's a bit different. I think it costs uh, a few bucks more. And it's updated with the texture grips that are on the triggers. They're also on the bumpers. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Because I think I, I mentioned it too, that I would have liked to have seen those originally on like the Xbox Series X, X controllers when they launched. So, I mean, I think that's pretty cool because I, I really... I don't know about you guys in the chat, everybody listening in, but I really enjoy those uh, those textured grips on the uh, controller. So I I, don't know, I like them. Are they going all the way around the trigger, or are they just doing the fronts like on the Elite Two? Well, they're on the trigger, but they're also on the bumpers, is what I'm saying. Oh, so they're also oh they're also great. Oh wow, I thought they were. I didn't know. I thought it was just the trigger. So they're going on to the bumpers too. Yeah, I must have missed up. That's cool. You see that. You know, that's kind of like one of those things where Microsoft wants to put it on a, a limited number of controllers and hear the feedback on how many people bought the controller for that specific feature. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's uh, pretty cool. I don't know about you guys in the chat, but it was kind of like our, our talks with David Preen recently, you know, like just the kinds of things, you know, the process about how, you know, what they work into, um, you know, what makes it into the controllers and so on and how they update them. Um, like I really enjoyed the Xbox One feature with the rumble triggers, but not too many devs used it. However, something like this, though, you know, like, I don't know about you guys, my hands, they kind of, I mean, they fit the controllers well, but they, on the bumpers, they kind of, like, they won't slide off, but they don't have much of a firm grip. But with those, uh, that textured grip along the bumpers, like, it, I don't know. I, I think I'd be a little more comfortable with those. So, either way, I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, Mav, are any of these controllers something that you'd uh, be interested in? Um, and I'm not really... Uh, I, I like controllers a lot. Um, and these are cool that they exist because there are people that are going to like these colors. But these colors don't really do anything for me personally. Um, they look pretty cool. Uh, one looks like a tennis ball. 
and the other one it looks <laughs> like a red camo. So uh, if I was to pick one, I'd pick the red camo. But overall, it's just cool that they're still keep coming out with these customizable controllers. You know, um, I think we're gonna see the Xbox Design Lab come back at some point soon mm. too with the Series X stuff, and I think that's gonna go to another level when they do that because everything they've been doing lately has been at another level. Right, so uh, we'll see uh, when that comes out. That's what I'm really hyped for. But as far as the uh, those, they look pretty cool. Um, I got the shock blue one, you mm-hmm. know, at launch, and that's like, I, I will always probably use that until it craps out because I love that controller. Just it's 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 made for me. I call it the Sonic so. the Hedgehog controller, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much it's. Um, it's my it's my color blue and you know I got a couple other custom ones I got a design lab and uh, a white one that says Mav on it I got some other cool stuff but as far as those two I'm not gonna get any either one of those unless all my controllers die and I need to go buy a controller then I'll probably get one. <laughs> all right. Well, either that or uh, or Caitlin bugs you for one. Yeah, I don't think you know <laughs> she's probably not into those either. She doesn't play tennis and. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and no and uh yeah the red the red camo is pretty cool she might like that one i don't know i have to ask all right because she may want a new controller uh go ahead shockley yeah i like that lime one might pick that up one or pick that up later uh but i saw so many people like <laughs> dogging every time xbox releases a controller before halo uh but i'm just like <laughs> man i really want to buy a second controller for the ps5 but I do not want to spend seventy dollars and get the same color, and then like two months later they come out with a cool color. Like that would be that would annoy the shit out of me. Um, so I'm like stuck. Hey, can you at least make one other color? One? No. Then the next year sometime. Um, so I mean, I don't see what's the point of complaining. That's that's probably why they are complaining about it. Is that they have no other colors to buy except white, and they're seventy bucks. Mm. and some of these colors are cool whether you don't like these two but the i'd say the blue and that red one are pretty nice uh they they pop they they look pretty nice so i did see that pick going around which i want them to do or hopefully you could with the design lab it's uh basically where they took the robot white controller but made the buttons look like a 360 controller yes <laughs> i was like oh yes they need to do that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, snatch that up. I would love to see them expand that uh, design lab, uh, the capabilities for it. Like even just because you you can't make your own camo, if I'm not mistaken, right? Just the uh, the different color shades. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it'd be cool if you could like design you could your own camo, camo. But yeah, you can pick. But it's like set like design and everything. So. Oh, all right. Well, either way, they give you choices. Yeah. I mean, either way, guys, it's cool that Microsoft is, you know, gives us these kinds of controllers. The red one was nice. Uh, the blue, yeah, the blue was pretty sharp as well. I would say, though, my favorite out of these, it it, it probably is the Daystrike one, just because I don't, it, it just pops out. It looks pretty sharp to me. Plus, again, those, what matters most to me is those uh, textured grip bumpers. So hopefully they make it more into uh, the future like just plain old Xbox Series X controllers going forward. I have a feeling they're going to be expending, ex- experimenting more as time goes on with it. But, however, guys, on that note, I think we'll begin to close out the show. And again, an immense show tonight. It was a lot of fun. 
We talked a lot about the ID at Xbox show, Microsoft seemingly buying Discord, and hey, all kinds of other stuff. Now, a huge shout out to the chat tonight. You guys have been very active, and I always love seeing all the banter going on with you guys. Other Zinc, Infinite, Reign of the Third Eye, Big Blue Ravens. I know 108 Dragons was in here earlier, Predator, Graphic God, Blackheart, Snakewood, Dirk Griggity, Nine Lives, Fastback, so many others, guys, countless. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Wonderful to always hang out with you. And if you haven't already done so, my friends, remember to drop a like, share this episode out, and hey, you know what? Leave a comment after the show as we do really enjoy hearing your input each show. Now, with that being said, let's get to the outros, and I'll start with our guest of the evening, Mav. Buddy, really, really fun show tonight, and I enjoyed having you on. Where can everybody find you at, bud? Yeah, uh, thanks again for having me uh, on the show. It was a blast uh, getting to talk to all you guys uh, about some cool stuff. If it's gaming, it's fun for me. So, uh, thank you again. Now, if you would like to see what we do on uh, our channel, check out Fun Speculation on YouTube. Uh, Also on Twitter, uh, you can find Fun Speculation. Now, uh, we have a podcast that comes on Friday nights. It's called Xbox Ultimate on the YouTube channel. And we have my wife is on there, Caitlin, as well as Assassin Lupa, Psychonauts, Pong Soul, uh, 3-Bit, you know, uh, on Twitter as a VGHD, and Lady AF. Uh, we just have a lot of fun talk gaming. Also, uh, talk Xbox. Um, also, uh, Fun Pop, which is a movie and TV show uh, podcast where we talk about uh, comics, Marvel, DC, uh, lots of lots of fun stuff. Pop, you know, pop culture uh, stuff. It's a lot of fun. We have Three Bit and Psychonauts on there. And did I say Psychonauts on Xbox Ultimate? I need to make sure I include him on that as well. Uh, so a lot of fun, guys. Come and check us out, um, and I hope to see you there. Uh, we, we and also streaming. Also do that on the uh, on the on the YouTube channel. I just got done playing some Octopath Traveler, and after this is over, uh, me and my wife are going to play some more of It Takes Two. So check that out. Nice. Yeah, I got to check out that game. Um, it's fun, man. It's mm. good. Yeah, that studio does good stuff. Um, all right, fellas, moving on to the TXR crew, and I'll start off with Centurion, but hey, good stuff as always. Where can everybody uh, follow your content? <clears throat> well, thank you, Invader, and thank you, Mav, for being here. Thank you, everybody, for being in the chat. For those interested who want to find me, you can always find me on YouTube, of course, at Centurion1307. You can also locate me at on Twitter and Xbox Live at Centurion1307. You can also find me here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast, and you can also find me every Saturday night on the Shop Podcast with Mr. PTK Blam. All right. You heard him, guys. Check out his stuff. And finally, uh, Shockley Buddy, awesome show tonight. Uh, now, let's see here. Um, oh, Mike. Oh, Shockley's mic cut out for some reason. That's kind of weird. Mic cut out. Mm. That's interesting. My plan, it worked perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Eric's uh, mic has been uh, cut, unfortunately. But, uh, guys, it's his birthday. 
if you could, uh, you know, wish him a happy birthday, drop it in the comments, uh, you know, maybe send him a birthday, you know, piece of birthday cake or something. Um, it's his birthday and supposedly his mic cut out. <laughs> happy right. birthday. Maybe you'll get a new mic for your birthday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, possibly. You never know. Hmm. And to round this out, guys, I'm Invader, and all of you can find me over on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I'll be having a another review out for Genesis Noir, that indie game that came out on uh, Xbox Game Pass. Very, very different game, but very good in a lot of ways. And I'm also on a number of other video platforms and services. Good stuff tonight, everyone, and we look forward to seeing you all around these parts next Sunday. And, yeah, I'm going to do a little bit of teasing. Again, we do have an interview lined up, and I am very excited to talk to this developer. So, until next time.